0: First, we start with the death of this young police officer, Shailen Yang. Let's discuss it now with my guest, Doug Spencer, retired police officer of the Vancouver Police Department, 30 years with the VPD. He now works with Odd Squad Productions, helping to keep kids out of gangs. Doug, thanks a lot for coming on today. You're welcome, Mike. First of all, Doug, I know the entire law enforcement community in British Columbia grieving over this death. What what's going through your mind when you hear something like this? Is it, can, is it possible for you to put into words like as what you someone like yourself feels as a former police officer when you hear this news?
1: Yeah, it's it's like losing your little sister for me. Um,
0: yeah, it's pretty emotional. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. I know the grieving. I know the grieving process is going on, Doug. Let's talk a little bit about what we what we know about the case so far. We know she was responding to a call about um, a man in a tent in that park in, in Burnaby. What what can you say about the, the threat that police officers face right now in in the face of the, the, the multi-pronged crisis that we're facing here when it's come to drug addiction, homelessness, mental illness, untreated mental illness on the street. How is that posing a danger for police officers and also the members of the members of the public generally?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, the, these poor people that are living in tents and stuff they're they're struggling through life and uh you know a lot of them from their drug addiction have uh serious mental they're mentally ill and suffering some are just you know born with mental illness there's a, a variety of reasons they end up in that situation but you know some of them are suffering so bad and uh, their addiction is so horrific that um, they can be uh, very unpredictable. And, you know, I dealt, I've dealt. i actually done the same duty of, you know, checking under the SkyTrain on tent people and situations and stuff. And it's a really dangerous situation. You're walking into their environment and uh, you have to have backup. Right. Because there can be four or five people sitting down in the bush there by the tent and you only see one. Right. It's just so unpredictable. And and the best police work is done in a partnership. It's the safest. Um, you know, I may see something that my partner doesn't and vice yeah. versa. You know, it, it's just a safer situation to have two policemen. But you know, because of economics, years ago they said, Oh, it's fine to work in a one man car. You know, I came out of the academy, graduated, and I was working one man in the east end of Vancouver and I got in some situations that were pretty hair raising, right, without a partner. So
0: this is one of the key elements of this case that will I'm sure will be reviewed in the aftermath of of this incident that it would appear that Constable Yang was by herself when she was responding to this. She had did, she was with an official from the city of Burnaby checking on them, this man in this tent, but she did not appear to have a partner with her or any sort of a backup officer. You feel, you feel there should always be two officers together.
1: Yeah, I do. It's just, uh, a completely safer situation. And, uh, you know, they, I've worked with the city employees and stuff doing that same function, and they're good people, but they're, they're just not trained in, like, survival-type situations and backing up your partner and stuff. You know, you, when you have two policemen, your training kicks in, and you're on high alert, and you have a 360-degree view because your partner's
0: behind you, Right. Yeah, and in this particular case, we have an arrest here. We have a charge of first-degree murder. Jong-Wong Ham, court records showing that he had, been, uh, had some assault charges in the past and including uh, some run-ins with the police in February 2021, charged with assault and willfully resisting or obstructing a peace officer. When you have a situation like that, like one of the things that's not clear is what this police, what Shaylin Yang knew uh, as she responded to this call, w- would there you typically be a, a threat assessment before a call like this? like, if a police officer knew, okay, we're dealing with a guy who has a record for resisting arrest, that that would be like, okay, you better have two police officers respond. Is that how it typically works?
1: Oh, certainly, yeah. yeah. If, if you know the person has a background of violence and stuff you would send two policemen. Yeah. You know, I'm guessing, but it's just somebody in a tent. They probably didn't know who was there. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and you don't know who you're dealing with again. Right. I I checked a a homeless person in the bush by uh, central park and, uh, It turned out this guy had just got out of jail in Saskatchewan for murder, right? And I'm like, whoa, I'm sitting there by myself dealing with this guy in the middle of the bush in Central Park. So immediately I called for backup and stuff. And, you know, he, he was no problem. But you just don't know who you're dealing with.
0: Hey, Doug, we're going to have a conversation now about going forward, especially after this event when it comes to the crises we have on our streets, mental illness, especially untreated on the streets of Metro, we're already hearing calls for reopening, maybe a facility like Riverview. Do you think that should be part of the solution?
1: Yeah. You know, Mayor Sim, I I really like what he's saying. He's going to get these people extra help, right? Um, Some of them just aren't, for their own safety fit to be on the street. They need more uh, mental help and addiction treatment and stuff. So, you know, the the old revolving door thing, you're just throwing these people to the wolves, really, right? They're mentally ill and you're putting them down in Skid Row and all these areas of Vancouver, they become victims, right? Get them help. That's what they need. You know, and if they don't seek the help when they go to jail, I've always been a big proponent of if, if they don't get mental health and addiction treatment, don't kick them out in the street. Keep them in jail until they do. Right. You're doing them no favors, sending them back out there.
0: Death of police officer Shaylin Yang with my guest Doug Spencer, thirty years with the VPD. Lots of calls on the open line. Ash in Vancouver. Hi Ash, go ahead.
1: Hi and my condolences for the uh, calling officer. Yeah. It's a very sad day, but it seems like the justice system is failing us. They fail the citizens, they fail the police officers. The decisions that are being made in those courtrooms People just shake their heads how these decisions are being made in there. I mean, normal people wouldn't allow something like this to go on. Now, standing from outside looking at this, it's definitely not, but it seems like these judges are looking at this as a a job security, that they don't want to do something about this, and they want this to be something ongoing, and and it's horrendous, and we pay the price out there.
0: Okay, thank you for the call. I mean, we've talked before Doug about chronic repeat offenders and there's lots of calls for reform on that today as well. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, certainly the, the gentleman's right. Um, you know, they're getting direction. It sounds like from hearing the premier talk out here that they need direction from back East. What they're getting federally is release, 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 not keep them in jail. Well, You're turning some of these extremely volatile, violent, dangerous people back out on the street. How can that possibly make people safe? You know, it's not like a a first-timer. You know, you're innocent until proven guilty. I get that. But when you're getting arrested three, four, five times, the guy with the the bar, the pole that hit the young lady downtown... His conviction for violent offences is atrocious. He would be doing 30 years in the States because he has proven he's a danger.
0: Let's go back to the phone lines. Dev on the line in Vancouver. Hi, Dev, go ahead.
1: Uh, We're not allowed to call them uh, repeat offenders. Okay, that offends these woke people. Uh, Perhaps we should change, we, we shouldn't be calling it jail anymore. We should call them extended vacation rehab facilities, because then these woke people that don't like the term jail will allow us to uh, put these people there. And the last time I checked, if people are incarcerated, they're not getting drugs. They're cleaning up. They're getting three square meals a day. And there's more hope of them turning around in uh, that type of facility. But gentlemen, the problem is we need to stop calling them jails then all these woke decision makers will be very happy to to let yeah. us put these uh,
2: guests in there thank,
0: thank you thank you dev squeeze in as many calls as i can here we got a ton of them here karen and langley hi karen go ahead
2: hi first of all my condolences uh it's just such a tragic tragic yeah. uh, happening and you know i hope that her death does not go in vain and that maybe now something will happen i really feel for the police officers they need to be supported in all freaking areas um, the judges especially we were robbed uh, less than weeks ago uh, in the middle of the day one o'clock with two people still on our property they managed to get a two crackhead women managed to get away with uh, my car full of my husband's tools my jewelry and you know it's uh, the next day they were blocks away doing it again we've got pictures of them and uh, you know i know if they were caught they'd be let out and we just we have to have to for this woman who gave her life for us, who gave her life for us. It's time. Let's get on it, people.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Karen. Paul in Port Moody. Hi, Paul. Go ahead.
2: Hi, Hi, Mike. Yeah, I'd I'd like to say
1: my condolences too, as well. But I was very curious about one thing. They they, they had a charge of first-degree murder, and I would think that first-degree murder means you would have to plan this whole event, and it was a random situation. How come they don't overcharge only if a police officer falls? But how come they don't overcharge when on other situations to get these guys locked up for good, like that guy that hit that young lady over the head? Why didn't they charge him with attempted murder? Okay, th-
0: thank thank you for that. Well, there will be an investigation. We don't know all the evidence. A first-degree murder charge is obviously one of the most serious charges that can be laid in a situation like that. We don't know what evidence has been collected. Uh, the the person who's charged here survived being shot. And that's key as well. But this is a story, obviously, we'll continue to follow for you. Doug, thank you for coming on. And once again, my condolences to you and all members of law enforcement today. I appreciate your time. Thanks, Mike.